Hello, may I welcome you to episode 49 of Moving Matters. I am your host, Colin Wynn. I hope Moving Matters will give you an insight to others working or have worked in this wonderful industry, as I delve into their past, their present and their future. You will find a new episode of Moving Matters on the second and fourth Thursday of each month. In this episode, we discover that my guest began his career within the industry since 33 years ago, having been refused time off for his skiing holiday from his first job. We discuss his challenges, what he would change from his moving past, his high points, what changes he would make to the industry, the advice he would give starting out again, his predictions for the next five years, and what he does outside of the workplace. And as always, we end with a funny moving story, or in this case, a funny warehouse story regarding a fox. My guest this episode is Ian Siddle, Managing Director of Arnold and Self. Enjoy. Good afternoon, Ian. Welcome to Moving Matters. How are you this afternoon? I'm very well, thank you, Colin. How are you? Very well, thank you. Very well indeed. Good. Can you tell everybody about yourself and the length of time within the industry? I can, Colin. I've been in the industry for 33 years now. It all started back when I failed my A-levels back in 1986. I decided that I would leave school, go straight to my Saturday job and work full-time for them. My Saturday job at the time was working for a large department store where I worked in the transport department. So that's where I got involved with furniture, trucks, and I was working in the office. And was this large department store the one that was in Croydon by any chance? Indeed. It was all over the country, actually, all just department stores. Yes, I agree. I worked in the transport department. Couldn't wait to jump in a truck. When they asked me one Saturday, as we were short of drivers, I decided that uh, I could do it. I had no real experience of driving a truck, seven and a half tonner, but I jumped in. And uh, from that point on, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed meeting customers. I enjoyed moving furniture. I enjoyed driving trucks. And um, that's where I started. And Arnold and Self, the removal company, actually used to contract to orders at the time. And of course, you know, or knew of Andy Self and Peter Arnold, who started the company. And they used to contract to orders. And eventually, when uh, orders refused to give me my skiing holiday in uh, January of 1989, (laughs) I came back after having no job and um, Andy and Peter took me on. And uh, that was my start in the removals industry, working for Arnold and Self. So I have to ask, as you were doing A-levels, what did you want to do in your life? I didn't have a clue, if I'm being honest. Fair enough. I really didn't have a clue. I thought I was going to be an accountant, but uh, that wasn't to be the case. My dad was a senior police officer, actually, and he was adamant that he wanted me to be a policeman. And I remember the day that I told him it wasn't going to happen, and I thought he'd be a little bit upset, but actually he wasn't, um, as you can imagine. And uh, He just said, whatever I decide to do is fine by him. But uh, yeah, I really, really didn't have a clue what I wanted to do. But I just knew I enjoyed the industry that that I was in. I I enjoyed the removals. I enjoyed the people, I think. I think it's the people that I really enjoyed. 
it was great fun back in the early days and, and, and still to this day I have great fun as well. So So when did Arnold and Self start? So they started in nineteen eighty six and their work then was pretty much just working for orders. They used to supply crews and vehicles to do the deliveries and then they used to do the odd removal at the weekend. So I joined them in, in nineteen eighty nine and because I had that background with orders there was a good link there. So over the years, we worked very well together with, with orders doing the deliveries and slowly built up the removal side of it at the same time. So the removals was definitely a smaller part of the business then. And of course, we had no storage or anything like that. So it was just the delivery side. But we had, we had five or six trucks out a day at one point. So, you know, it was a re- relatively large operation. And we branched into other stores as well. So we did some work for Furniture Land. And we also did some work for Hanson Transport when they first started up doing deliveries. So would these have been in livery trucks or are they in plane trucks? We used to have plane trucks at first. And then we we slowly got our own trucks. I remember the first truck we bought... <laughs> We went to some field in the, oh, no. uh, <laughs> the middle of Essex somewhere and bought um, a, a seven and a half ton MAN, handed over a bundle of cash, <laughs> uh, <laughs> drove it back, painted it black and off we went. So, um, yeah, we, we, we slowly built up our, our, our fleet. <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> that was interesting, that first, that first truck we bought, I must admit. So today, you are the Managing Director of Arnold and Self. I am. How did that come about? So the basic history, I worked with Peter and Andy for quite some time. Eventually, Peter Arnold left the business and it was just Andy and myself. We went through that first recession in the early 90s, which was was very tricky. But um, at that point, I said to to Andy that I was um, keen to carry on, keen to work and get us through it and he made a promise to me that if we got out the other side he would make me a director and a shareholder which he did he was very true to his word and we carried along nicely up until the second recession in 2008 which was a tricky time for everyone in the industry i think no doubt about it oh absolutely in the previous year to that Orders went into liquidation and we were owed quite a bit of money at the time by then, which we never saw. And then also Furniture Land went into liquidation as well at the same time. So that, that was tricky times. So when the crash of 2008 came, we just weren't in a financial position to trade through it, unfortunately. So, so we had to liquidate. And at that point, Andy decided that he was going to leave the business. So you took on the business? I did. And today, what services do you offer? So we currently are predominantly in the domestic market. We offer domestic removals and storage. We do an amount of commercial. We have some archive storage here at our warehouse as well. And we do some trade work as well. So we have a contract with the local council. And we also work with some other companies doing their work effectively. How many vehicles do you run and how many men do you employ? So I currently run four lorries. I've got three 18-tonners and a, and a seven and a half tonner. We've got a 
three and a half ton trailer, three Luton vans, and we've got a couple of uh, other vans. We've got a little crew bus for getting the guys around. And we've got uh, a surveyor's van as well that we can use for, for packing as well as if we need to. And how many do you employ? So on a daily basis, we're somewhere between 10 and 14 guys out yeah. during the day. And then I've got a small office staff as well and a surveyor. So what I'd call a medium size enterprise. How have you built up the storage? Because you said at the start, when you first joined, they didn't have storage. They were just doing deliveries. So how have you managed to build up such a prestigious storage? Um, well, I don't know, really. Um, <laughs> <laughs> luck, <laughs> luck, think, luck, luck. Well, you need somewhere to operate from. That's, um, you know, I remember in the early days, we bought a shop. We had a, a van parked out the back and we had trucks parked in various places. And the boys used to come to the shop to get their paperwork and then they'd have to go off and, and pick up the trucks and, and carry on. And obviously, that's what you do to start, but it wasn't any way to continue. So we had to find somewhere. And we were just about, I remember we were just about to move into a yard, actually. We'd bought the porter cabin. Someone had offered us some space where we could operate from. And we, we had the cabin delivered. We had it all painted and we were just about to move in when someone else offered us a small warehouse, about 3,000 square feet to rent. And uh, the deal was very attractive. So we moved into that warehouse, had nothing to put in it, and just slowly built up the storage from there. And your archive storage, how's that going today? Archive storage is not something that we deliberately chase, but I think when you're in the business for a relatively long period of time, yeah. Various commercial customers start asking you for other services and, and archive storage is one of them. We only have about 10,000 archives in store, but and that's only about three or four customers, but it all helps. Oh, absolutely. So what challenges have you had to overcome then, Ian? Well, I think the biggest challenge I had was the, the crash of 2008 and the liquidation. Very challenging time for me. I really didn't know what I was going to do. I thought I'd have to go out and get a proper job. <laughs> um, <laughs> this isn't a proper job. <laughs> which, uh, well, working for someone else, I suppose, that was, that was always the worry for me. And I didn't want to do that. And I just looked at things and I thought, well, perhaps I can do this on my own. And I was very, very lucky at the time because I spoke to several people who just gave me so much support and, and helped me through it. And everyone I went to see to tell them what was what was happening and that we were liquidating and that I would be carrying on, everyone was just so positive towards me and helped me to continue. So it was a challenging time, but a very rewarding time as well. If you could change anything from your moving past, what would it be? I think for me, I wish I'd got involved with the BAR sooner particularly the young movers. I hear a lot of stories now. I think they're doing very well at the moment. And I'd love to have had those experiences much earlier in my career. Um, you meet some great contacts. I've made some great contacts over the years, but they've probably been you know, later in the journey rather than earlier. So if I could have been in something like the young movers, had some more training, it would have speeded up the process for me. And sadly, you and I are unfortunately too old for the young movers. 
I believe only just, but yes, we are. <laughs> Maybe we need to form a new group. <laughs> what, the old movers? <laughs> Didn't we have something like that years and years ago because a load of us used to meet up didn't we ah so you're referring to our little trade organization yes <laughs> sars yes we used to meet up and used to have the, used to have a really really good steak and a couple of beers and we did we did exactly and and you know that's what it's all about for me yeah i think it's very difficult to to run a business all on your own and no, not have definitely. anyone to talk to you can go home and talk to your family about it, but quite frankly, they don't really want to know about it. I think you need to be able to talk to people that have got the same problems as you, or you know, if you do have a problem, whether they've got a solution for you. It's quite reassuring when you speak to someone, you find out they have the same problems as you, I have to say. Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, meeting people in the industry, having their help. As I say, it was pivotal, pivotal, pivotal. It was very important for me <laughs> back in the day when I set up on my own, people helping me out with all sorts of things, just getting materials sometimes, you know, and you know that you can rely on someone, you can pop around and pick up some boxes, staff as well, helping out with staff. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's been great. And, and SARS was great as well. It was, a, it was a great little group. And in fact, we have continued it, Colin. So uh, there are a few people in South London meeting now on occasions. Isn't this for breakfast? Uh, no, no, oh. no. This is SARS. We're, we're not doing the steak, the three-course meal anymore. That's but, why I'm uh, being invited then. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, we are meeting up. We are swapping ideas and, no, good. And, and helping out. And it's great. It really is. Brilliant. So you mentioned training. You would have liked to have joined the BAR and done some training earlier. What training would you have liked to have done, though? Well, I recently uh, sent my transport manager on the, um, the removal manager's course, which is a week-long residential course. I understand you were there as well, Colin. Was I was right? there, yes, and I had many a beer with your transport manager. <laughs> <laughs> and I just think uh, training like that is brilliant, a chance to go away. Probably great for him to get away from me for a week, but... Uh, <laughs> he did say that, actually. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he did. <laughs> but yeah, a chance to get away, a chance to make your own contacts, meet people, talk to people, find out how they do things. You can have organised training, you can have proper training, but you can also, the fact that you go away and meet people and talk to people and experience things, that's, that's invaluable, I think. Yeah, yeah, I have to agree. So what is your high point of being in the industry then, Ian? My high point is definitely the friendships I've made, the contacts I've made. You know, I've got great friends in the industry now, people that I see on a regular basis, people that um, we can go out and, and share good times with. And that's definitely what, what the business has given me. Some good, good friends, excellent friends. It is a very friendly industry, but the main thing is a lot of the friendships that you've made, I would guess, are local competitors. Yes, they are, but um, it's quite healthy to know your competitors quite well. Oh, absolutely. There's nothing wrong with that. As competitors, everybody can just get on. That's correct. And I think when you're, um, when you're running a business and you're looking at the people who are working around you, at the end of the day, we all see a slightly different job. 
and the customers are all slightly different and they all see something slightly different in the surveyors. So you're not just going to win a job because of price or because of service or it could be various things. Sometimes the surveyor really hits it off with a customer. Sometimes they like your material, they like your brochures. So ultimately, we're all going to get a slice of the pie, so to speak. It's great to have those competitors that you can talk to. Yeah. What one thing would you change within the moving industry? Well, we were talking earlier about the conveyancing uh, process, but uh, that's just something that we've got to deal with, I think. It definitely needs some change. But I think I'd like to see some more regulation, certainly for, uh, and I think this might be something that's coming in, but something for three and a half ton users as well. I think that would make a big difference. I think regulation in the industry is important and we need to let customers know that we are a regulated industry so that we can show that we can offer a quality service. And I think regulation for three and a half tonners is something that should come in quite soon. So how do we show the public that we are a regulated industry? Is that something we should do or is that something our association should do or both? How? I think it's something that we can do. I think it's something that we can certainly do when we go and speak to our customers. I think we need to show them exactly what we do and and why we do it and why they should be choosing us. And I think the, the regulation side of it demonstrates that. It's always been an unregulated industry, hasn't it? Always. So, and if you're going to compete against people and you want to show and justify you know i don't think anyone really understands how much it costs to employ someone to run a truck to have an office so i think regulation is important so that we can show to our customers exactly what it all takes and with regards to conveyancing what would you like to change with conveyancing well i think the process needs to change doesn't it antiquated it's too antiquated We've got a customer that we're supposed to be moving on Wednesday. Today is Monday, and they still haven't exchanged. Oh, Oh my God. It's an elderly couple, and they're they're making a distance move. They're moving from South London up to Oxford. And it's a very, very stressful process for them. As well as for you, because you've got to put a vehicle and men aside. I know, but yes, we do. Um, We have to manage that. but. It is so stressful for the customers. It really is. And, you know, that's one of the things that we have to deal with on a daily basis. I'm very fortunate to have some great office staff. And we often get comments from customers how the office staff have helped them through the whole process because it is extremely stressful. Good old Debbie. Yes. (laughs) When she's not in Spain. (laughs) Had to get that one in, sorry. Absolutely, that's fine. So what advice would you give yourself just starting out in the industry? Speak to as many people as you can. Get involved. Be part of the process. Join the groups. Join the associations. Get as much knowledge as you can. Find the people that you respect. Find the people that you respect their opinions. And get any help you can. Everyone starts with very little knowledge and they have to gain it somehow. 
So if you can get involved with the right organizations, definitely the BAR for me has been excellent. And then you get to meet people who've done it already and you can start getting some help that way. Yes, that's definitely the advice I would give. Where do you see yourself and the industry in the next five years? Let's deal with yourself first. Well, I'd like to see myself with a lower handicap in five years' time, to be honest with you. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to see myself in a position where I can work on the business and not in the business so that I spend more time strategically planning what's going on and not dealing with the day-to-day so much. still want to have an involvement with the day-to-day, but I'd like to be in a position where things are running on a day-to-day basis and I can be doing more strategic stuff. So just overseeing the day-to-day running. Yes, and and pushing the company forward, being able to, when you work in a business or on a business, you know, you're involved with the day-to-day and sometimes you have to drop everything to sort something out. Nice to have everything in place so that I don't have to do that so much uh, and I can work on the business as opposed to uh, working in it. And where do you see the industry in the next five years? Do you see any changes at all? Well, we've got some challenges ahead of us, haven't we? There's clearly an issue with lack of staff at the moment. And I think that's possibly one of our one of our biggest challenges, trying to attract people to the industry. There's a, a lack of drivers at the moment. Trying to get HGV drivers or even van drivers at the moment is very difficult. And I think the challenge really is to to bring young people into the industry and offer them a future in it. How do we do that, Ian? That's a very good question. <laughs> and I wish I knew. <laughs> I think surely we need to make the, the youth aware of, and I've mentioned it a few times on the podcast, so I apologise to those that do listen on a regular basis. We need to make sure that the youth are fully aware that you're not going to be a porter. You can be, but you're not going to be a porter or a driver for life. You can be a porter today, a driver tomorrow, a warehouse manager the following day, office manager the day after. There are plenty of progression routes. There are. And I think that's what what we've got to do is we've got to show people that it is an industry. It's not just a job. There are, as you say, positions in there. And we've got to go at root level. So we've got to get into the schools, I think, and let them know there. Try and attract the young people and, and show them that there is a progression. Do you think being regulated may help us with that? It's been mentioned on the podcast before that some people do think it will help, but I'm not 100% sure it would. I think the key is to show we are an industry. It is a profession. It's something to be proud of. It's there are achievements that you can make within the industry. And if you want to, you can you can stay at one level. It's it's not for everyone to, to climb the ladder. But we need to show that it is it is something that is worthwhile and there is somewhere where you can go with it. And it is a bloody good industry and very friendly. It's a great industry. There's no doubt about it. It's a great industry. As I said before, the people that I've met have been nothing but generous and helpful and i think that 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 is a fair representation of the industry as a whole yeah so what do you do outside of the industry to switch off apart from playing golf yes i've mentioned my handicap's quite high at the moment (laughs) and i'd like to play more golf and, and get that down 
I'm still playing football. I play vets football on a Saturday. I love my football. I play a bit of five-a-side during the week as well. I believe you're a football fan as well, Ian. I am. I'm one of the few Spurs fans that uh, are knocking around. We, we tend to keep it quiet, but there are a few of us about. Well done for a Champions League <laughs> spot. Well done. Yes, yes. Sorry to any uh, Arsenal supporters out there. <laughs> yeah, I like uh, I like socialising. I like to cook, actually. I'm quite keen on cooking, so I do like to entertain and I like to cook as well. So, yeah. And finally, I like to end my podcast with a funny moving story. Do you have one or more to tell? I've been thinking a lot about this, and obviously there are some stories you can't tell. No, you, any story <laughs> can be told. Well, we moved into our current warehouse back in 2014. And this is not a story about being on the road. This is a story about the warehouse. I was in my office one afternoon and there was a bit of kerfuffle going on in the warehouse. And I left my desk, went out into the main warehouse, find out what was going on. And we had a fox running around. <laughs> Not ideal, obviously. And, and they were trying to get the fox out of the building. It wasn't a silver-haired fox called Greg Wildman, was no, it? No, it wasn't, no. <laughs> no, it was a proper urban fox. Equally as wily as uh, Greg Wildman, possibly, but um, it was an urban fox. We were struggling. We were struggling to get it out of the building. We had all the doors open. We had members of staff <laughs> walking around. And eventually, we couldn't find it any longer. We were searching around. We couldn't work out if it had left the building or, or whether it was still in here. And our offices within the building are set inside the warehouse. And uh, we were wandering around trying to find out what had happened to this fox. And I heard a loud scream from my office. And I went rushing back in there. And sitting in my chair at the desk was the fox. <laughs> um, some would say doing a better job than me. but um, And at the same time, sorry, Grace, who was a member of staff at the time, was standing on the desk with a with a <laughs> Mr. Muscle spray bottle pointed at the fox, <laughs> trying to defend herself. Oh, dear. And, uh, yeah, what had happened is the fox had jumped off on the roof and managed to get in into the roof and fallen through the roof tiles. No way. So, yeah, and fortunately landed in my chair. So we then had the process of, of trying to shoo it out of the office, which, um, <laughs> which, which worked, worked quite well. But, yes, that moment of walking into the office and seeing the fox sitting in my chair was, was quite amazing. And it wasn't Greg Wildman. <laughs> and it wasn't Greg Wildman. <laughs> It'll kill me for that. <laughs> Ian, many thanks for giving up your time this afternoon to record an episode of Moving Matters with me. I truly appreciate it. It's a pleasure, Colin. Thank you very much. I sincerely hope you enjoyed episode 49 of Moving Matters. Please rate, review and subscribe in your favourite podcast player of choice and please tell your industry colleagues about Moving Matters. My thanks and appreciation go to Ian Siddle of Arnold & Self for giving up his time to record this episode. Thank you again, Ian. 
If you would like to know more about Arnold and Self and the services they provide, then you will find links within the show notes of this episode and on our webpage, movingmatterspodcast.co.uk. The BAR Training Removals Masterclass, a five-day residential course, is running November 14th to 18th inclusive and is available to both BAR members and BAR non-members and covers a wide range of topics. Avid podcast listeners will know that I was also in attendance last year. It is unbelievable value for money and I highly recommend it. So please contact BAR Training Services for further information. And please, if you have a funny moving story that could be relayed to our listeners or you would like to be a guest on the podcast, then do reach out to me by completing the contact form on our webpage, movingmatterspodcast.co.uk. Well, that is all from me, so until next time, keep moving. <laughs>